Before we dive into our conversation today, I want to take a moment to check in, check in with ourselves, maybe take a few deep breaths and try our best to just be here now. It might be hard with everything going on around us. Sometimes we forget to pause and breathe. And so let's take the opportunity right here, right now to breathe more deeply and to try to be more present in the best way that we can. In this episode, we have the privilege of introducing you to an extraordinary guest, Dr. Gary Quinn, who joins us from Israel, who is the director of the EMDR Institute and one of the pioneers of EMDR therapy, which is a form of psychotherapy that helps people who have suffered from trauma. He's traveling now around Israel, offering support and crucial help to those who are in the midst of this crisis. And he graciously gave us some time to talk about his experiences and and to give us hope during this difficult time and to help us on our paths toward healing. Dr. Quinn is a psychiatrist and a, a leading figure in the world of psychotherapy. He's actually from Columbus, Ohio, and he made Aliyah to Israel with his family a few decades ago, and he has kids who serve in Israeli Defense Forces, and he's a remarkable human being. This episode is sponsored by Meaningful Moments, the Meaningful Moments Company. Meaningful Moments Company is a planner company with the Jewish woman in mind. They sell self-growth planners, notepads, and journals so that you can plan to be your best self. And what I like about the Meaningful Moments Company is that for those of us who want to be productive and connected throughout the day, their journals and their products give us the opportunity to stay accountable to ourselves, to others, and to incorporate meaning and purpose into our daily life. I'm currently using the Mindful Moments Planner. I highly recommend it. And if you would like to check out their beautiful collection, visit MeaningfulMomentsCompany.com. Again, MeaningfulMomentsCompany.com. Very well thought out planners and uh, ones I highly recommend. We want to thank Meaningful Moments Company for partnering with us in bringing more meaning and purpose into our daily lives. Hi, I'm Rivka. And I'm Ida. Welcome to From the Inside Out, now a global community that keeps growing every day thanks to each and every one of you. Right here is where you'll discover life-changing insights from some of the world's greatest thinkers, leaders, and our everyday heroes. We believe that meaningful change comes from taking inspiration and turning it into action. In fact, that's how this podcast was created, in an Uber, where we were both inspired by each other's life experiences and how much we could learn from each other. We're so glad you've joined our conversation today. The path to meaningful change starts right here, right now. Dr. Quinn, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to be here after what I can only imagine has been a difficult and long day. It's it's late in Israel, and... Uh, I'm sure you want to, to call it a night and uh, that you made the time to be here. Is, is, it means a lot to us and I'm sure to our listeners as well. Um, if you can briefly start just by sharing uh, what you do and what your role is uh, in Jerusalem at the uh, EMDR Institute. Thank you for having me on. I am a, a psychiatrist and director of the EMDR Institute of Israel. 
And I, amongst other things, well, of course, I receive patients and I also do trainings to to train others. I'm a trainer of trainers so that uh, I will train people who then will go on to train many more people. During my work with the EMDR, I've also gone uh, to different countries in the world where I've run uh, these kind of trainings after the uh, tsunami in 2003, I went, took a team, and we trained 200 uh, therapists to go down in Thailand in terms of after the tsunami had hit. Um, and these these types of trainings are, are done for free. It's called the Humanitarian Assistance Program. And um, the, there were also was in Zimbabwe and now what's going on in this situation amongst others. Wow. What is EMDR? Can you ex- explain to our listeners who, who are not familiar uh, briefly what it is? EMDR is, stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. EMDR is a actually complete, unique, comprehensive psychotherapy that was developed by Dr. Francine Shapiro um, that she discovered by accident um, that she was walking in a forest and had a difficult thought that uh, came up. And then she noticed she was feeling better. And she said, well, what was I doing just before I was feeling better? And she noticed that she had moved her eyes back and forth. And then she actually did this uh, actively, thinking of something that was bothersome, moved her eyes back and forth, and she felt further better. What does it mean by moving your eyes back and forth? Is it kind of like Uh, rolling them? Well, people, what she would do is just spontaneously, if I just spontaneously do it, you probably can't see it, but my eyes are going back and forth. What she did is she would use the hand uh, for patients to follow the the hand, the fingers. Um, We we have also machines that do it now. And so somebody's looking from right to left, left, right to left, right, left. for about a minute and what she uh, put together this uh, this kind of action together with the memory the targeted memory that's very bothersome and it would become uh, less bothersome and she was dealing with a veterans uh, where veterans go she had uh, a group about 22 uh, patients and we scale the distress that people have from zero to ten um, and the in terms of traumatic, 10 being very, very highly traumatized um, and zero not bothering them. And then um, after doing this kind of treatment, thinking of the event and doing this bilateral uh, movement, which has also extended on to self-tapping or, or can be sounds from side to side, people get better. So people who had terrible stories of a, of a level seven type of distress would come down uh, to one and it would last. So uh, it was found to be initially used for PTSD. Then it was expanded to go into uh, where anytime where someone thinks of a memory that bothers them and they they have a memory that bothers them, a past memory that bothers them in the present. And this process would be uh, done with them and they were able to resolve it. So many people had these very significant child uh, t- child types of trauma 
have also been able to be helped. So it, it's ended up being, as I said, a uh, integrative, um, comprehensive uh, treatment. Although specifically in, in this time, um, the use of it for uh, PTSD, for bringing down the, the horrible images um, and allowing people to uh, recover, it is being used widely. So you are in Israel now. And yes. You have been practicing EMDR on, has it been soldiers? Has it been people who have been witnessing trauma within their families or have witnessed, we know the horrific things that are going on in Israel, people who have witnessed those scenes? Is that, who who are you practicing? Yeah, I, the, the, the groups are, are anyone that has been traumatized. The, the people that, that I will see. So uh, I've also worked with those themselves who were um, in hiding for 30 hours, um, oh. every moment thinking they were going to die. And so that the ones that then survived that massacre. Uh, so I've, I've worked with them. I have also worked uh, with uh, police and and other people. So it's uh, it's really anybody that has these difficulties we can be helpful with so the for example the people that were in hiding for over 30 hours and then you worked with them what number were they at and then through working with them did then did the numbers lower yet let's say the zero to 10 um they were easily at a 10 you know that that was uh that was about you know maybe someone had a nine but it's really been uh, that they're they're at that very high level. It's also a different type of trauma that we're seeing now than what we've usually seen. So we've had the missiles landing. Uh, we've had the terrorist bombings go off, but they're a one-time event. And it's a, it's a very uh, relatively short exposure if somebody is harmed. Um, but this was 30 hours of being uh, constantly worried that something was going to happen to them. So the um, the magnitude of that um, is is us really taking uh, an ability of then gearing the treatments that are are proper for them. And, and uh, how is that going? It's going, you know, it's going well. It's the just just to be uh, clear the the standard emdr protocol that is done is usually started a month after someone's had these kind of events mm -hmm. so it would still be early for us to be doing regular emdr uh, with them um, however what i developed was called immediate stabilization procedure and that was able to be working on people in the minutes to hours after a traumatic event I'd be volunteering there and I would uh, be there um, when something was was happening and in a very short time I'd work on it. With them, I had an ability of uh, lowering their distress level in a significant way in that early time. The but and it, and it has been used in the Ukraine also. It's, going to be, it's called an immediate stabilization procedure. It's been used in Ukraine and they had success, very good success with it. But then the more usual time to start doing EMDR is after maybe two or three days or a week. Um, and then we have these groups, these kind of treatments. Uh, one of them is called recent traumatic episode uh, protocol. 
uh, it's also done as group. Uh, and um, this is uh, where the episode is uh, is said from the beginning to the end, and then they uh, they will target individual uh, distressing um, types of things. So these kind of early interventions have also been found uh, valid and have been used all over the world. And and so this is the next level. So zero to three days is the, the ISP. And then uh, in that first month can be these kind of treatments. And then after that, uh, people even who have PTSD 60 or 70 years later can actually resolve those um, traumatic memories. Wow. So the in the one to three days, well, everyone's in the now. That's what's happening now. What what exactly is it that you do in the one to three days? This new developing that you uh, <laughs> it, it is um, on Zoom. I've been doing it because I did it through the uh, the problem when people had Corona, and um, but it's more you usually it's done face to face with uh, with a therapist. Uh, but so this is done in a way. Uh, where uh, where I have patients be tapping uh, right, left, right, left, right, left. And with it, uh, finding out what the issue they're dealing with, um, that we would use positive statements uh, to enable them to internalize, but they have to be true statements. So people that have been in a traumatic event, those people will will have the view, for example, I'm in danger. Now, it's not I was in danger. They're saying I am in danger. And the so the positive statement that we say over with this uh, bilateral tapping is um, that you're safe now from that past event that's over. And so it's really saying and clarifying it. Um, and they, But people often have the the vision of this going over and over and over in their head. So um, it it isn't automatically understood that way. Um, there's also a, in the in these uh, situations a great sense of lack of control, um, of people being not in control, helpless and powerless. And in those kind of cases, um, we were using the positive statements are you can learn to handle it, you can learn to have the control in those areas that within your framework, you can have a reasonable amount of uh, control. So those are used, and then that can be helpful for them. I just the wanted harder- to share for those who are listening, when you said tapping, it's tapping on the opposite shoulder, like tapping your hand on each shoulder. Right, right. One after the other, right, left, right, left, right, left. It can also be done tapping on their knees. Um, is also something that someone can do. Um, and uh, this, that process of the uh, tapping does, does have a calming effect independently, but when it's co- connected with that positive statement, um, it's very effective. The, the thing, one of the hardest types of things is when somebody feels guilty that they did something wrong, um, that would be uh, harder to work on. Well, it is in any uh, therapy, but certainly in this case. And um, th- there we would say, you did the best you could at the time, 
when you made that decision or you did that uh, did that act. And uh, uh, have you been hearing? Have you been hearing a lot of that? Like, have family members been feeling extremely guilty? Well, the the, the people that have been uh, in these, uh, you know, have been there in over thirty hours. Yes, they would. They would have. It was almost. Um, universal that people would say, I should have uh, done something. I should have saved uh, my friends. I, I should have done something. And, and to be able um, to get out of to to do something. Um, and that was probably one of the most difficult things that they, the, uh, those that had in that area had been uh, in the army, they were excellent fighters. And if they had available the weapons that they uh, needed, uh, they would have been able to uh, to fight back. Uh, but um, that, but that's exactly the kind of thing they were feeling uh, guilty. And then it is also not uncommon that a person who survives when someone else doesn't, that will be the, the kind of survivor guilt that they can have. How has that been for you, the experience of um, meeting people who have been through and and your fellow Jew who who have and you've been living in this in this environment that you know with a lot of fear have have you experienced fear and was it difficult for you well emotionally it, it's the um it, it was very the development of what enabled me to to deal with all these things was that I got trained in EMDR in 1993 and um it was with that kind of a training that I often, uh, from that time on, I mean, the, we had the first Gulf War, which was uh, uh, very, uh, very trying. Or we're, we're trying to take uh, our two uh, children that we had to carry into this uh, sealed room uh, with three children that walked. Uh, when the missiles were coming in, we had no ability of knocking them down at that time. Um, and that we had to then seal up the room because we thought that there was going to be um, a, a biological chemical warfare from uh, Iraq. But um, so when I had learned this treatment, that was when I started to volunteer during all of those situations in um, when we were having attacks. And that was empowering me to be able to help people. And and to have uh, one less victim that that I would be able to work on. So uh, when there would be anything that would happen, I would be running towards where everybody else was running away. Um, oh. and I would be volunteering. Um, Ashdod and Stay Road, I volunteered, and that was something um, that was very important and. Um, I wasn't in Naharia. Just to give you an example of the warning time that you have in Jerusalem, the missiles, at least coming from south, um, take a minute and a half. So when the siren starts, we have a minute and a half to to do things. In Ashdod, it was fifteen seconds, and in Naharia, it was three seconds to get into the bomb shelters. So that's what has gone on in these different countries. I mean, different uh, parts of uh, Israel. So um, 
by going in and helping people uh, to be able to deal with things. And in the, uh, I had, I had wanted to go uh, in Haria, which is uh, at a north Israel's northern border. Uh, I I wanted to go into the hospital because the hospital was is four floors underground. And oh, wow. they said to me, um, oh, we don't need you there. What we need you is in the bomb shelters. Yeah. So um, then that's what I did. And I kept running um, all the time between the bomb shelters. Yeah, my, I had somewhat of a prayer. I said, God, I know I don't deserve to be protected right now because I chose to do this crazy thing, but please. And it seemed to work. Um and then, it, then, so we would work. Uh, I would work in the uh, bomb shelters. Then it, it was it was helpful to them. Um, we also we we have an, a protocol that's for children, so uh, that also um, can can help. But so when you say that, first of all, call Hakavod to you and thank you for everything you're doing for for Am Yisrael. That's really it takes a lot of courage and Hashem presented you an opportunity and and you took it to and that makes a big difference each each life makes a difference and and um, mental health is vital and uh, I'm, like you say it helped these people even just a little bit of help goes a long way yeah and um by the way that and that's what is you see in this country on an incredible level the the way that people are organizing now not even through governmental sources, but just grassroots people um, are having WhatsApp lists to be able to get um, to find somebody doesn't have uh, clothes, you know, from when they had to leave. So they put up a WhatsApp and and then people uh, contribute their clothes. Um, but it's a it, it's an incredible incredible group. Um, it's a uh, resilient I mean, resilient people who are there yes. for each other. Yes, yes. I want to uh, ask you, actually, because you didn't mention this um, city. Have you heard of Ofakim? Because my daughter is in Rishalayim, and she actually just went there tonight to deliver food. And uh-huh. she said that there was still blood um, on the floor and, like, people were in a lot of distress. And uh, it was heartbreaking to hear. She went and she went, they went from house to house delivering food and talking to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said that this, it's, it's, a, it's a disaster over there. When she's saying out of fear they were on the floor, no, or... no, no, there was still blood on the floor. Like, there oh, was, yeah, yes, it hasn't really okay. been cleaned up. Okay, and... now I understand. Yes, yeah. it's um, th- this is what's happened. It's usually Israel after uh, some sort of a terrorist attack or when there's blood, they usually move very fast to remove all of that, uh, to make sure that people don't get traumatized about it. But now there just hasn't been sufficient time uh, to be able to do the things that they they would have done. Um, so uh, all of these further traumatizing people have right. even afterwards is because uh, things still are there um, in this to show in this terrible way. So is this one of the tools that you would give everybody, like even our listeners, to to cross their hands over and and give positive effort? Affirmations. It is uh, that's in its in essence, yes, it it can be. Um, it's just also 
it's a it's a question of what is the statement they're saying to themselves because i think that it's mostly if you're having your listeners it's a, it's a group that is uh, feeling out of control because it's not them feeling guilty it's not them being in in present danger but it is their sense of being out of control of seeing these horrible pictures and the pictures may not leave their their memories so that would be something uh, um i can learn to handle it i can learn to deal with it uh and the the combination of the self tapping as well as saying i can learn to deal with it um it because that's a true statement and we always learn to deal with it at some point um so that could be helpful for people there's been a lot of talk about uh, you know watching the videos that are going around and some of them are very uh, graphic and traumatic and some people are saying watch them so that we can understand the magnitude of what's going on at the same time for some people it's just simply too much to view these graphic images what would you say to that you know should we not watch them from a, i guess from a trauma perspective or you know watch them but work through it what's your take on on that I would say um categorically don't watch them uh because the for example some scenes are something that would not easily get removed from your memory and it's not serving any purpose because just to hear um someone had been raped that's enough you don't have to actually witness it absolutely have prescribed times for watching the news and not keep it on all the time um and certainly when you get to anything graphic don't look at it it just uh, serves you no purpose and um so so that's pretty clear the only and- reason why i thought maybe maybe it does serve a purpose is for people to be <laughs> able to see how evil hamas is and that there is you know what i mean it, it gives validation to we cannot we cannot deal with these people um well it, it's really then showing those people who would think otherwise right that that's who you'd be showing those right. uh, videos to but the people who would get uh bothered by them then you have to to recognize that it's uh, it's something that has created a vicarious traumatization um around the world i I've, i've had to for example send this by protocol um to uh, england because so many of the jews there were being traumatized by all of the media that they were saying so um it, you know it's it's vicarious trauma yes i i highly suggest not to to look at them so what could we tell our our children who are vicariously experiencing this through their parents um you know reactions to to events how can we soothe them how, what do we say to them that um can help them manage the i guess whatever level of trauma they're experiencing vicariously what would be the reason that they're going through vicarious trauma you mean they have it turn it comes on television or it comes on social media and they see it well they're also that- even just hearing what's going on Um, they might have have friends and family they know in israel they've been Mm -hmm. to israel or even if they haven't been to israel they're they're hearing the news and this is there's a war going on you know 
I, I don't know. Do you don't you think that that could affect a child? Yeah, uh, um, it, it can. Is that what you're seeing? Is that what people are reporting? I mean, I haven't seen that in my children necessarily. We we talk about it a lot. I have three children in different places in in Israel. I have one in Yerushalayim and one in Paris Hana and one in Hebron, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ask about them when we talk about it, but I haven't seen trauma. I was just wondering if it's going, and maybe there are some some listeners that do feel their children are traumatized. I was just wondering, even if they, you don't see the trauma, if it's going to have some kind of effect. Like post-Holocaust, uh, there was an effect on the next generation. Yes. Um, and it is something that, um, that can... Um, they can also talk through. They would be able to talk to the parents and uh, and express uh, what they're feeling. Um, the EMDR uh, is also done with children, and children respond to it really quickly, uh, especially when the parent may uh, tap on their shoulders in- instead. Um, so it, it can be something that that can be of help. But uh, most often, the recommendation is to have somebody professional um, to do it if it's if it's severe. If it's it comes and it goes, it doesn't stay. It would not need treatment. And a lot of our brains, God has done a really good job of uh, creating our, our brains to be able to process very difficult things successfully. So that would be if they need it. You can do something. If not, um, you just explain it and let them talk about it. Are you hopeful that we can uh, get through this and uh, that the people who suffer trauma, you know, that that this can be, that we can successfully work through this horrific uh, chain of events? How hopeful are you? I am completely hopeful. Hopeful. I am completely uh, again, as you know, how you can, how how can you say anything about a hundred percent? But uh, um, the the traumatic events, the the awfulness of what it was, um, and what it still is for the hostages. But um, they will eventually, when they the ones that are um, have survived, uh, they will their whole the system and the network, the ability of connecting with people is really a key element to allow people to deal with these traumas. Um, so they will be recovering uh, by themselves, and then the other ones will be able to get a get the therapy. Um, there are many of the therapies that work, and the EMDR is one of them. It's just so incredible to see how the country has just pulled together Everybody, I mean, just everybody is uh, donating time, is donating money, is donating uh, clothes and and everything. Um, and so that's the other thing. One of the elements that allows a traumatic experience to be dealt with is community. Wow. And Israel certainly has that. And, and Israel has had the most incredible ability to take uh, any a disaster that 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 occurs, but and we've dealt with mainly the man-made disasters, and then come up with solution. So, um, in in the first Gulf War, when the missiles were landing, and we had nothing to do, but we did get into the bomb shelters, and those uh, those were helpful. But 
you know, and I, and I say that what's gone on in Ukraine is, uh, you know, the, what we had in 1991. Um, but then each war and each um, conflict, then Israel solved. So when the second intifada was going, nobody could go um, downtown Jerusalem um, because of the fear of how likely it was for bombs going on. And they'd have all sorts of gates off and you'd have, have to be, um, people would have to look in your uh, your tiki or uh, bag to make sure that there wasn't a weapon there. And now you go into Jerusalem and people walk around. There is nobody um, that that really is worried in, um, in Jerusalem. Um, everybody walks freely. Um, then the the all the missiles that were going back and forth. Then Israel had developed the Iron Dome, and then they have the Sling of Galilee, and then the, then the uh, arrow missile. So that um, they they ended up solving because there's virtually no one that's been uh, getting killed now from the missiles themselves. So Israel had come to a solution to that, and. I firmly believe that they're going to do it again now. They'll learn what they need to, and they will then take care of this. And um, it, it is likely not to be our last challenge, but it is something uh, that that I fully believe that that Israel. I'm very helpful, hopeful in terms of uh, Israel. Do you see a difference in in um, the way? that uh, people of Israel, you mentioned community and how important that is in, in healing, uh, a difference in the way the people of Israel, uh, I guess, recover or, or heal from this, these types of traumas compared with other countries. Who I don't think I'd be able to, to answer that. What is the beauty of this, uh, of this treatment EMDR? It works in every country. It is mm -hmm. present in every country so that it is a wide network of people. Um, and for example, I've been having um, EMDR therapists from all over the world wanting to volunteer, especially with the ability to do Zoom. It, it's hard to tell the differences because uh, when, you know, when they have something that they get better. Well, it, I, I was kind of thinking in line with what Ida said, that giving seem it's amazing to see how giving of yourself can be a form of therapy because I was watching one of my children who's in Israel my daughter who was what at first watching everything that was going on and she she looked traumatized when I facetimed her mm -hmm. then the next day she kind of started to find a purpose she started volunteering to take food to some of the villages and to send letters to the soldiers she was getting gathering kids to write letters for the soldiers and people who are in need and all of a sudden she was alive and felt uplifted and inspired. And I was like, wow, giving is therapy. Mm -hmm. And and yes, that, that is exactly uh, when you ask how I deal with it is and and that, uh, that the people I'm training in, um, in EMDR and they're doing it. And we have, you know, now there's we're doing a lot doing uh, seminars. That is what happens. Um, people say, how can you stand hearing these awful stories? And the fact is, is that when you're working with them, they get better. And then you, myself, feels empowered because they're getting better. 
and then the story doesn't have the same effect. So it is a event that did occur in terms of the, the psychological trauma, and um, then they're they are not uh, traumatized, or it's a level of trauma that it, that is manageable, and that then is em- empowering to therapists to be yeah, able. I must to- yes, that's amazing. I must say also my son who's in Hebron, he's been putting tefillin on the soldiers, and he's in Hebron surrounded by Arabs and. He just feels very inspired because he's able to contribute in some way. Yes. But then you have all of us in America and I think, or, or Australia, around the world, wherever everybody is, who wonders how, like, they wish that they could contribute in some way. And mm-hmm. um, that can be hard when you, obviously, it's harder for the people in Israel because I guess there's the fear. And then for the people outside of Israel who feel like they want to help somehow and they can't. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. But in actually, and, I just want to tell you in our introduction yeah. um, to this episode, we were looking for ways that we can contribute and we are on a spiritual mission in that we can connect to every Jew by saying to Hillem, by mm-hmm. doing a good deed, mm-hmm. by doing a good, good deed for another, because as mm-hmm. the Jewish people, we are all connected. So the mm-hmm. power of prayer, the power of doing a mitzvah, of, of being there for your fellow Jew, whoever it may be. Absolutely. The warmth that we've received from from people all around the world um, also gives us strength uh, to to be able to deal with these things. So, uh, you know, in, in the same way that it, uh, so I absolutely agree with what you were saying. Well, I don't know if I want to give this. No, I'm not going to give that study. Um, but just to basically, I'm going to just agree with that. We, we can't hear the study. What? <laughs> well, no, now I'm very curious. It's a study I didn't want to give um, because it, it's a very interesting thing. Uh, you know the, how they talk about placebo effect that, you know, like you give sugar water and somebody's going to get better. Um, so the, the there's been studies done where um, a the ability to do something makes a difference between um, what happens. So they've had two um, mice in a cage, and um, they're both they're getting shocks in their feet in exactly the same amount. One of the cages, they don't have anything they can do. In the other cage, they have a lever that they can press. And these the ones, uh, so the ones when they've done the experiment, they take out the ones that couldn't do anything and they're sick and they die. And, you know, the, it's really terrible. And when they, the ones that could press a lever that even though it didn't have an impact on uh, lessening the shocks was they were healthy. They were resilient. So the idea of in in a positive way, um, the idea that we are uh, that that we're doing things and helping others and praying for others and all of these things um, really make a difference for for all of those that aren't able to be here doing uh, what they would like to. Well, you know, you know the saying: the only fear, the only thing to fear is fear itself. That example that you shared is, is empowering because I think it gives us it gives us a lot of hope. And coming from you, who has seen uh, 
quite a bit, um, a lot of trauma, a lot of, you know, heartache. And you're saying that we absolutely can get through this and there's absolutely a path forward. Mm-hmm. That in itself is very encouraging and comforting for us to hear. Yes, uh, I, I firmly, I fir- firmly believe that and don't have a doubt about it. I love hope and we all want, we don't want to give up on hope, you know. So to hear that from you is very encouraging. At the same time, what would you tell someone who is feeling fear right now? You know, there are there are still captives um, that we want to see released and their, their families are living in fear and wondering how they're doing. What would you say to someone who, who is experiencing fear? Well, first of all, let's also make a distinction between fear and something else. Because fear is when there's actually an experience of something that's potentially dangerous. Um, and, you know, so it, it, it is, it, it's more of an anxiety that they're experiencing um, and a sense of helplessness that they're experiencing in terms of, um, of their families. Uh, again, maybe the, the idea of the, of the loss of them. The way of approaching it is uh, letting it, Letting them do whatever it is uh, that they do um, in the meantime till they find out what's going on uh, in being able to uh, pray, to be able to uh, to be with friends and be with a support system. And yeah, it, it's you're you're right about it's actually a fear, so I, I won't. Um, uh, qualify that and uh, and then the what happens if some people are in a place where they can't manage it where it's just too much then it's turning to a professional where there's an ability to help them then uh, manage what they're doing so um, we have social work psychologists going to the uh, places where dead bodies are and for the when they have to identify um someone so uh, they those are also it, it's very difficult um and um the, there's lots of places uh where where things are yeah there's mothers who have sent their their children off to to war mothers and fathers parents siblings yeah they might be experiencing that i mean not might I can't imagine what they're going through. Mm. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, I'm thinking about. Um, we had well, we had all of our girls were in the army as well as our our son, and our son was a commando, and uh, so the so how did we deal with uh, with that? Uh, is it was really a combination of two things. We really trusted that the Israeli arm would would train him well and didn't want to waste their investment a little cynical there um and um and and praying and so we didn't stay in a state of worry because we couldn't do anything about it um and uh, he you know, was No you know what the defini- definition of that is Okay it's it's bitachon having wow. trust in Hashem uh-huh. It's not in your hands. It's we do our part. It's in Hashem's hands. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that that worked. Um, it was also helpful that he didn't tell us anything that he was doing. And when he would be, oh, when we call him and he'd be away, um, um, and we said, where were you? I said, oh, you know, I was just watching television, so I just didn't feel like answering you. Um, so we didn't get the stories uh, at, at all from him. Um, and and yet he 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 was in the attack dog unit, um, and he had two of his dogs killed. So we knew he was doing more than he was uh, letting us know about. Um, but yeah, he got through it, and we got through it. And and oh, there's Hashem. so many people that in you know everybody knows people and that are now mobilized. Um, so no one is, uh, there's no one that's unaffected by things. Um, but yeah, the way to deal with it is the, the way that we do. And, and what we do realize is that Israel is extremely well-trained and they develop things. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, but God determines, uh, what goes on. May he so make miracles. Yeah, yeah. So EMDR is very specialized and requires training. And and is there any way to, I guess, a, a like a cheat sheet for a quick fix of EMDR? Let's say um, for someone listening who's interested but doesn't have access to an EMDR therapist, is there something that they can do? I know we mentioned uh, tapping and you know the right and left arms. Uh, is positive, there anything that... and positive affirmations? Yeah, that's okay. right. Um, the, first of all, there's no such thing as not having accessible an EMDR, uh, therapist because, uh, since EMDR therapy is, um, everywhere in the world and the EMDR therapy can be done by, uh, on zoom. So people can actually turn to, uh, EMDR, uh, therapists in, in different places and actually get help. So wow. um, the, there isn't such a, a place that I've been in yet that didn't have access to an EMDR therapist. So can we put your link in the podcast notes? Are you available or you're very busy at the moment? <laughs> no, you can, you can put, uh, yes, you can put the, my, um, your link. Uh, my, your information. Uh, yeah, the EMDR Institute of Israel, the, I mean, the Gmail uh, site. Okay, we will do that. So if our listeners want to um, participate in helping and making a difference, is there any way that we can help in in your efforts and what you're doing now in Israel? Um, I, um, I might be able to answer that a, a little bit later because, uh, I mean, in a couple of days, because I am planning now to go down to the uh, hotels that are in the uh, Yamamela where where the um, the, the, the those that survived are there. Um, they, by the way, they did a very wise thing, which hadn't been done previously. Um, and they put all of the people in a um, in a city or a moshav um, were from the same moshav in the same hotel. So they made sure that the entire hotel was a, a support system. So I'm going to be finding out more about what those needs are. And with that, then there would be able to uh, consider, we also are having some, many of the people who are EMDR trained around the world 
that are contacting us. So we're trying to find out how to uh, utilize uh, those people if we need it, because we have someone. So I, I, I thank you for offering to help in some way. And uh, please let us know. We, we, we would love to. And I have no doubt many of our listeners would love to, too, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, I don't know if you're open to doing this, but we usually end with a quote, um, a quote that, that inspires you, that. Or a billboard headline. like if or, there was a- or a, Yeah, a headline on a billboard or a message, some message that you would like to share with our listeners. Um, that, that is uh, helpful. <laughs> uh, that is helpful or uplifting or like you uh, said before, you, you have a lot of hope if you have something hopeful for us. Um, the, the, I get what I'd like to just take as a, a quick journey to the, to a woman that I treated. I'm not sure I told you or not. You'll tell me if I did, but there was a woman that I treated during the, um, intifada and when, uh, two, um, suicide bombers blew themselves up and she was injured and she was looking at you know, at all of the mayhem that was there. And she was saying, I can only see evil. And then after doing the EMDR on her, um, and then she said to me, when she looked out, she said, and now what I actually see is all of the people that are trying, that are coming and helping and the good outweighs the evil by thousands. Like a little bit of light can dispel a lot of darkness. Yeah. Yeah, that is inspiring. And for her to have gone through the other extreme, from one extreme only seeing evil, and then to come out seeing the good, and that just shows that the truth prevails and and good prevails. No matter Mm -hmm. how evil someone is, I mean, you couldn't get more evil than this. We have come out so strong and resilient and good to each other mm-hmm. that no evil can destroy us. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is correct. Thank you. I know it's late in Israel. Gosh, what time is it there? Is it and almost you know, not only do you go out and I mean, this is very special that you you took the time to speak to us to to inspire people around the world and uplift them and for us to hear some practical ways that even if we're, you know, sometimes people feel like, well, who am I to say that I feel like I'm experiencing something difficult when people are out in war or people are, someone's a captive or there's family members that have been lost, but everyone's going through their own thing. And for you to come on here from from a war zone and um, share your pearls of wisdom and advice and um, hopeful words with us is is very inspiring to us. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me, and um, we should be uh, looking forward to um, to things going well uh, soon. But uh, yes, may Hashem be with you, and may we hear good news, and may may we experience peace and miracles in Eretz Israel. Amen. Amen.